welcome to another episode of the All Pro Dads Podcast. I am Damien. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dame underscore APD. I'm my co-host, Tony. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TV3 underscore APD. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitch, twitch.tv slash allprodads, and on Spotify, allprodads. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. What's up, Papa? How you doing? Welcome back. I'm still hurting, bro. You look like it. I'm hurting. Yeah. Oh, my God. You look exhausted. I've been, like, yeah. But, like, not physically exhausted? You look mentally, like, drained. Like, you could tell you had, like, no sleep. Oh, my God. So, we were there for, we got there Tuesday morning and, and left Friday morning. And I, the whole trip, I, I took a nap the first day for, like, an hour. And then went to bed for probably like six hours. And then it's kind of just how it was the rest of the trip. I didn't, I don't think I took another nap after that. And it was just three, four hours here and there. Yeah, you hit me up right when you landed and it was like seven. Oh my God. And then, was it like a little through work? I think you texted Haley and I and you were like, I'm faded. I did? I think so. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it was a good trip though. Yeah, sound like you had fun. I didn't know. Yeah, it was it was up there for sure in in trips that I've had. So it was fun. And then uh, Jordan got COVID the week before, so we haven't been in the studio for like two weeks. Yeah, just about. Feels a little weird. A little rust. A little rusty. Yeah, for those who don't know, we had to do the intro about four times just now. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But oh well. All right, brother. You want to kick her off? Yeah, we had a busy busy week and uh. Colorado sports. Shit, busy month, you know? Yeah, starting with uh, the Avalanche. You know, they finished the month of January pretty good. What do we say, 14-0-1? Yeah, it was the best month in franchise history, in almost NHL history, I saw. Yeah, they went from, I believe when we started our podcast, they were sitting at like fourth or fifth in the West. Yeah, somewhere around there, middle of the pack, you know. Through the month of January, they decided to... Play like the Avs that we all expected, and, and that's kind of how it was. I don't want to jump into them already, but for the Nuggets too. So no, oh, yeah, it was a, it was a good month for for the sports. Yeah, and then here. we had the Broncos making their their impact. You know. Yep. 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 Yeah, it was a good month, and it was a fun watch. Fun watch. Fun month to watch sports. So Avs are sitting first in the West, and it is the end, <clears throat> the end of January. So your your New Year's resolution was on point. Well, my uh, I got a feeling. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, it was My your idea. New Year's down. resolution, they got to finish, though. So. Right, 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 okay. They're second in the NHL, but we both agreed when we were talking earlier this week, President's Trophy is a President's Trophy. Yeah, it's... it's we've been there, done that, let's go exactly. get the cup. Yeah, we want the cup, so... Big few games this week, big injury, unfortunately. Yeah, let's start it off with the uh, the 22nd. We had Montreal. Worst team in the NHL. Yeah. And it took you to OT. Yeah. Like we said... OT points are good, you know, they're fun games to watch. I'm sure they're fun to play in as a player, mm-hmm. but I'm over them. Yeah. And it seems like oh, yeah. every other game for them is it's going to OT. And I don't I don't think it's a really worrisome issue cuz they are closing out the OT games, but it's kind of like, man, just just finish it in regulation. Yeah. That's yeah, my opinion. Yeah, you had a game where like we said it's the 
it's the worst team in the NHL, and you're letting them take you to overtime. You, it's one of those ones where you go in, you just you should win it, so just go in and win it. And, and we were up 2-0, too. Yeah. So that was the one of the last games that I was actually able to watch before I left for vacation. And we were up 2-0, and it just looked like they were going to skate right by them, and then all of a sudden, you know, Montreal just gets hot. And and I noticed it's the same the same stuff I'm harping on. Defensive forecheck is pretty lazy in, in the other zone, and just little things. Yeah. And then you went to Chicago, or you had Chicago here. Mm-hmm. 14th in the West. They're under 500 by a decent handful of games. And you shut them out. And Franco had another shutout. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something I want to point out. You know, it shows when their team defense. In the Chicago game, you know, Franco's has 24 saves in a shutout. Yep. The game before, Kemper has 28 saves. Uh-huh. So, it just shows when your defense is playing good, your whole team defense, it takes that stress off your goalie. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that's where Kemper kind of... We put a lot on Kemper, but when you're getting 28 saves, it's... I think we put a lot on him because with having Grubauer here the last handful of years, our expectations at the goalie position are just so high because Grubauer was so good here when he was healthy. We we have to put it on somebody, you know what I mean? Kemper's been the starter because Franco was hurt for how long? Yeah, had to go down. Yeah, so I think that's why... But we also have to look at it with you know a half a glass half full perspective, and he's won you a lot of games, and he's kept you in a lot of games. Yeah, he's given up a couple here and there, but I mean that dude has for sure stolen us some games. Well, that so. twenty eight saves and an overtime win. I mean, it's take a lot what, on your two body. of those away. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's you, a lot on your. You body easily lose that one. Yep, and then you moved on to having Boston here at Ball Arena. What a game! That. I think when I don't remember if it was a practice episode or if it was the first episode we had. I think it was a practice episode you and I had, and we played Florida. Yeah, and I said that was the best game all year. No, it was the Boston game topped it by yeah. a mile. Yeah, and and I actually got to watch that out on vacation. Besides for the second period. See, and this is where it's good because, like I told you earlier this week, I watched the first and the second period. Yeah. Saw the abs get down, and I was like, I got to be up for work in the morning, so I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> this is a late sleeping. start. Like, I'm going to yeah. go to sleep. They're down, or they were down 3-1. Yes. They were down 3-1 in the second period. They weren't. They were up 1-0 in the first. Yeah, in the first. So I was like, oh, this right is really good. Right after Matt got hurt. Yeah. McDermott uh, scored his first goal as an av, so. And then, like you said, yeah, they went down 3-1. And so we watched the first period and right when we started watching like McKinnon was down on the ice yeah. and we were like oh fuck and at, like the angle that we were watching because t- the TV in the bar that we walked by was small it looked like my car yeah. like for the number mm-hmm. and then we saw it was Mac and then we saw him get up and there was blood everywhere but no it was it was a good game and what I noticed from that game is what we've been preaching all year and I don't want to get like too repetitive on the show, but when teams are repeating what they're doing, I mean, what the hell are you gonna talk? And you know, and when they're repeating, it, when they're repeating the the good stuff, right? And so it's, the good it's hard stuff not is, to point it out. Yeah, and the good stuff is the you got guys stepping up. You were McKinney got hurt with like seventeen fifty five left in the first period, mm-hmm. so that's two minutes and five seconds into an entire hockey game, mm-hmm. and you pulled out a win against one of the toughest teams in hockey 
for the last I don't I couldn't tell you how many years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was in overtime. It was at home, and it was just yeah. That was that's got to be the best game of the year. I mean, Landy scored with thirty some odd seconds 30, left in the game. Thirty seven seconds is that what it was? Thirty seven yeah. seconds left in the game to tie it. I was absolutely hammered in the suite. Oh, we got a suite by the way. Yeah, yeah you told so me that about was that. Kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, there was like nine of us in there, and we were all watching and. I've never heard a room get so loud, <laughs> especially when Landy and Vakar scored. It was pretty nuts. Yeah, I also lost five bucks to Uncle Rick on that game. You thought they were gonna lose, huh? We, yeah, and I'll, I'll admit it. We were down three to one. And no, yeah, it's the same had, reason I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, we we just got off the Ferris wheel, and I saw it was three one, and I said, uh, "You know, we're not winning this game." And he goes, "We might not win it, but I bet you it goes to overtime." And I said, "No way," and. Yeah, I lost five bucks. <laughs> it's a man so. that knows his hockey, though. Yeah, he does know his hockey. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, and then after that, you go to Chicago after you just played him a couple games ago. And you Back. get a 6-4 to four win. And kind of a... That game was, like, awkward. Between both teams, at some point, there was four goals in 96 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no goals in the first period. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, just a weird... Just kind of just one of those, you know what I mean? Yeah, they had a the Avs had a two goal second period and then four goals in the third. I mean, a couple empty netters, but yeah, but I mean, like we said before, empty netters it's a goal, a goal. Yeah, and empty netters means that you were up at some point for them to pull theirs. Yeah, so four goals in the third was really what made this game look. And then we just watched that Makar empty netter. My God, shoots at 116 feet in the air. He's so good, dude's nuts. Yeah. And they have one tonight, or is it tomorrow? No, it's tonight. They have one tonight. They have one tonight. And as of now, they're 14-0-1 in January, and the one loss came in overtime against good old Nashville. Yeah. Which was the controversial, you know, too many men on the ice, whatever. So, in reality, that they can finish 15-0-1, and they're already at the best month in franchise history, so... Finish it out and finish strong, and get into the All Star break and get healthy and get guys back and let's let's get a, a nice second half to the season going. Yeah, I want to bring this up with you. Uh, how do you feel about those too many men on the ice penalties that the Avs are getting? I think it's a really sloppy penalty, and I don't want to criticize Benar Benar because you should have, we should actually give him a lot of praise for a fucking yeah, fourteen zero in one yeah. month. But, you know, it's kind of one of those as a coach, you got to get on your guys and you got to say, hey, what are we doing? You know, it's a really sloppy penalty. We have how many line changes every game? And, like, why is it happening? Yeah, you and know? I believe the. It's kind of like like you said before the show, it's it's a too many men on the field in football, which I think you could agree is just a sloppy penalty. No, yeah, it's something that shouldn't happen. Right. Like, you're at that professional level. You've been playing this, this sport your whole life. There's a reason why you're in the professional, like, it's one of those penalties that shouldn't happen at that level. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. But, and yeah, and I know the one against Montreal came in the first period. I believe – I wasn't sure if – might have been Chicago they had one too late. Uh-huh. So, like, they're, it's not like they're happening, like, all at the same time. Like, the one against Montreal is in the first period of the game, so you're clearly just – I don't know if – yeah, I don't know yeah, if your head's absolutely. not in it or – And the problem with it is, too, is – your penalty kill hasn't been absolutely horrendous, but it's as of great. late, it hasn't been great yeah. whatsoever. So when you're only able to kill off 
75% of your penalties. It's like we said in the last episode. If you get four penalties a game, statistically, you're going to give one up in one of those power plays. So, and with all these, limit the mistakes. You know? And with all these overtime goals, like, right, or overtime games, games, you can't really, you don't really want to flirt with a, no. a power play because you're not that good at it. Yeah. So, and I think it's just, I think you kind of have to put that on Bednar. I mean, obviously, it's on the coaches too, but on, on Bednar, we got to say, hey, Let's let's get our act together, you know. And I so. think these players too, they need to emphasize it more. Yeah, because Bednar can only do so much, you know. Right. They're, he's not the one going onto the ice. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's on both parties. So. And then, just real quick, I want to touch on the McKinnon injury. Yeah, there's a. It's not a lengthy injury report. They got three guys that are still out. Byram out. Mcckinnon, we'll touch on him next. But then they had Murray. He's out with the yeah. upper body. Yep. Um, yep. But McKinnon, he's out with a concussion and a fractured nose. And a fractured face. Yeah. He had to have surgery yeah. yesterday. Which he they, he's listed as day to day. So I think they're just gonna hold out till after All Star. Yeah, I don't honest. I don't I, see him. I saw a report from a forum page, so I don't wanna you know, report it accurately because who knows how accurate it is. Yeah. The report said he's not participating in the All Star stuff. I wouldn't expect him to. So but I mean, hockey players throw on face shields all the time after yeah. they break their face. So, you know what I mean? They say, stitch me up or give me a couple of days and I'm back on the ice. So, we'll see. I think it's smart if you just hold him out till after All-Star break and, you know, just let him get that rest and let his body just in general heal. No, oh, yeah. And nothing too concerning. I think with Bo, if we don't have a definitive timetable slash update after All-Star break... It's probably I, out for the season. I would not be surprised if doctors said, hey, you might as well just hang him up. I don't know about all that because he's still young. I yeah, could see for the well, season, that's, though. That's why for the that's, season, though. That's why that's what I'm saying. They, He just calls it a career, retires? Yeah, I mean, he's had three concussions in a year, yeah. which is pretty, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah, and he's only 20 years old, so yeah. it's like, you know, how, how much mush do we want to Make this kid's brain, unfortunately. Well, and then, like we said about the penalties, too, like, it's a game he's been playing his whole life, so who knows how many concussions he's had throughout his right. his exactly. lifespan. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's pretty much it for those boys, huh? Yeah. Let's and get on hot. to the next. Still the next, hottest team in hockey. Let's get on to the next uh, hot team we got, huh? Yeah, them Denver Nuggets. Your boys are stepping up, and you know what? I'll eat my words. I was, I was very critical of them, and... What I've been seeing out of them is they—they they made me eat my words real quick. So, yeah, they're winning. They're winning close games. I mean, which is good because you know what I said: good teams don't blow twenty-five point leads against the Clippers without their star player. But good teams also win close games. Yeah. So they're—it's hard to say because they're still blowing some leads in these games. Uh-huh. I mean, they—they played Detroit twice already, and I think the spread going in was like seven and a half and eight and a half. They didn't cover either one of those. Yeah, I knew, I I was in Vegas and I wanted to lay some money on them. Yeah, good. And I saw the spread. I hope you the did second it, right? game. No, I didn't. Good. I didn't bet any sports out there. I saw the second game was it was seven and a half and they only won by five. So. Yeah. So. But, but they're I mean, winning games. I mean, they're winning games, and I've kind of noticed that Malone is throwing different people in the starting lineup. Like Austin Rivers got to start the other night. Yeah, he's Brooklyn, been doing that. He's been doing that. They've had uh, Austin Rivers start, Faku Campazzo start. Uh, Monte Morris has started a couple games. 
Um, I think it's working, and I think Malone might have found a little formula, you know? Well, I think with Austin Rivers starting, that was because uh, Will Barton didn't play. Right. Which he's... Or not against Brooklyn. Will Barton, Will Barton didn't play against Detroit. He was some illness or something. Oh, okay. Um, Non-COVID illness. Okay. But yeah, they... I don't know, I don't know what to say. They kind of left me speechless this last week. Yeah, they. Sh- I think they shocked a lot of people, you know? Jokic is still doing what he's doing with the triple-doubles. I mean, yeah, leads know. the league in both triple doubles and double doubles. Yeah, I mean, you you won a game by six against Detroit, won a game by five against Detroit two uh, two nights later. You beat the second team in the East with or without their star players. I, you know what? I don't it care. Wins a you, win, yeah. You play who's on your schedule, and I almost kind of think like this year with with how weird Brooklyn has been. I think Steve Nash is finally learning how to coach. And he's learning how to win games with only with what, what he, he got. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I, I, I give that a, a great win. I mean, you beat him by six, and like we said, the second team in the East. So, I mean, well, and then looking at that game, uh, James Harden was he was probable going in, and then he was listed as out like maybe an hour, two hours before the game started. Huh. So that could have been where Brooklyn's thinking. You know, Steve Nash is like, we can win this game with just our backups. Like, right. downplaying what the Nuggets can do. Yeah. And, yeah, the Nuggets came in that game, and Jokic had a triple-double, 28 points, 10 rebounds. Or, no, double-double, 28 points, 8 rebounds, and then 8 assists. And then Austin Rivers off the bench had 25 points. Which is what we've been so critical of with him. And tw- So, if he can just – I mean, I'm, we're not expecting 25 a night, but, I mean, if he you can get double digits out of him every time he's off the bench, even, even 10 a night, I mean, that's – well, what, what was good with that was he came up with 22 points. 22 out of his 25 were in the second half. Okay. So, I mean, that's a guy who stepped up when the moment got tough. The game was really close around the third quarter. And even going into the fourth. So, seeing a guy like that step up off the bench. And then you had, you know, Boogie Cousins was signed. And he had his best game as a Nugget so far. And he didn't even right. play the whole fourth quarter. Right. He got his second technical, got ejected, and he ended with 13 <laughs> points, six rebounds. Typical boogie. Yeah. Which I do. I got to give myself a little. Yeah, you got you know, your. If, well, I only consider my New Year's resolution for them being successful if they sign him to a full contract. If it's a 10-day and he's back out, I, I still haven't. I wouldn't think I was right. So, I believe they're going to give him another contract because he's already taken a lot of minutes from Jokic. Not from Jokic. Jokic minutes have went down, but he's taken minutes from other guys that were called up. So like a Reed, yeah. who's a on a two way contract. Okay. He hasn't got as many minutes since Boogie's got signed. Yeah. So they're playing more big man. Do you see it as a a full contract extension off the rip, or do you see another ten day and then something after that? I wouldn't say another ten day because. They have the all-star break coming up, so oh, it's hard yeah. to say. So I, I think they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with other contracts at this time, especially because they have Reed on a two-way. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. But he has been he has been big for the Nuggets, and like I said, he's taking minutes away from Jokic. I think Jokic only yeah. tallied uh, 30 minutes against uh, New Orleans. And I also think that you are going to be right on, on uh, us signing him because – we mentioned the bull bull trade 
and how it got blocked basically because of his physical. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after the trade, it was rumors that we were going to sign Boogie and yada, yada, yada. And then the trade got blocked and they ended up getting the trade done anyway and then signing Boogie. So I could see Malone going to the higher ups and saying, hey, like, you know, this is this is this is the it's guy. It's working. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go get him. You know, let's get rid of Bull because I don't play him anyway. I'm not seeing eye to eye with the kid, you know, because he's two feet taller than me. <laughs> and uh, and I want Boogie, and this is the guy I want. Plus, he has Sacramento ties, so no, yeah, they you could see the the communication that Malone and Boogie have, yeah, and just like I would say, like when you seen Boogie in New Orleans and with these other teams, like you could tell him and the coaches don't click. There's there's something off between him and his coaches, and with Malone, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but they seem to like have that like genuine like player coach love for each other yeah which is huge and it's what you look for so he's a perfect guy he has experience i wouldn't mind the nuggets keeping him and signing him to a long-term deal he's an enforcer he's a he's a guy who doesn't take any shit you know markeith morris or marcus morris whichever fucking twin it was i mean clearly like boogie could be the guy that could get you two technicals instead of Jokic. (laughs) no yeah i mean yeah and that's really what you need yeah and it's just the guy to get Jokic rest and it's not just about the rest you know it's kind of what we harped on of we need a guy who's going to come in and produce. Nobody's going to produce at Nikola's level, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's going to come in and and I think get you, get you what you need. So out of centers that were out there, I think Boogie, he is one of the guys that can play at that level if you need him to. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen somebody set a harder screen in my goddamn no, life. Yeah, and it's good screens too. He, <laughs> yeah, and if he rolls to the basket, I mean, it's a two hundred and what forty five pound. Seven Six, foot seven. one yeah, guy, yeah, whatever. I mean, Jesus, going downhill to the basket. I don't expect expect anybody to stop him. Yeah, and you see sure. the you already see the progress. Like his first game with with the Nuggets when they played Detroit, he played eleven minutes. It was like eleven minutes fifty seconds around there. He was one for seven from the field, which had, had you're four get points. Those and then you see, I don't, I don't. He didn't have too big of an impact the next time against Detroit, but then that Brooklyn game, he has the thirteen points. Yeah. You know, and six rebounds off the bench. Yeah, but you know what I love to see? And it's not on the stat sheet. In his first game that he played, because the day we signed him, he didn't play that next game. No, yeah, you know what I mean? He ended up playing against Detroit. Only had two minutes, but... Eleven. Or two points, sorry. Jesus. Four. <sighs> Fuck me. He had two free throws. Okay. All right. We're doing this shit again now. Huh? He had four <laughs> points. <laughs> but when that buzzer went off, he came off the bench and he was doing like a fist pump with like his head down. You know what I yeah. mean? Like my guys got it done and yeah, like and I, he wants to win basketball games. Yeah. Then touching on going in to New Orleans, which Detroit to New Orleans from the 25th to the 28th was a start to a six game road trip, uh-huh. a road trip where a lot of Nuggets media was saying like on a road trip in the NBA, you want to go 500, you know? Yeah. And the Nuggets in these first three games, they weren't projected to win that Brooklyn one. Right. So you start off your road trip 3-0. and Yep. You finish in New Orleans with a game that seems closer than what it really was, in my opinion. Like, you could just tell the Nuggets starting five was – they're just way better than what New Orleans has right now with Ingram being out and Zion. Yeah. And you got to win there 116-105, and it sets yourself up with the next three games with our pretty tough ones coming up that we'll – touch on later okay i think that i think you see a nuggets team that's growing that really is growing and coming into their own almost yeah you could see it 
Like starting the, to find the, the groove. youth is starting to get knocked off, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I would I would say the exact same thing and And then I think the trade for Forbes was a big one. Good six he, man. And he, and he can give you what we want from Rivers consistently from the research that I've done. I had no idea who he was the moment that we traded for him, so I had to go. No, I had to go and look as well. Yeah, I had to go look. And it seems like he can get you what we want from Rivers just more consistently. Yeah, on the 28th, he had his his best game as a Nugget so far. He had 14 points in 25 minutes off the bench. It's good. So it's exactly what you need from a guy off the bench. That's what we've been saying. We need that bench help. You know know how it is? It's all right, yeah. I, was, I didn't really He's get He's more of a scorer, but stuff. the Nuggets team defense as a whole has been pretty good this year. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best, but... It's also not... It's not, not terrible. Yeah, we're not I giving mean, up 130 a night, so... But when you have Jokic on the offensive end, it's like... You could probably give up a little on that defensive side when you got a guy who has a damn near averaging a triple-double. <laughs> Did you hear how he found out that he was going to be a starter for the All-Star game? Uh, I think I saw the video. <laughs> How he was playing Call of Duty. Yeah. And, like, his wife, like, interrupted him and was like, she oh, called my God. Him, yeah. yeah. He's like, you're going to be a starter. And he was like, okay, I'm, I'm playing games. Can I get yeah. back to it? <laughs> then he unpaused his game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a guy. And then they asked him, they're like, "What do you? how do you feel about it? Does it make you excited? And he goes, oh, I don't know. His accent cracks me up. Yeah. Dude. It's so funny. And just how like nonchalant he is, you could yeah. tell he really looks at this as a team sport. Yeah. Somebody he just asked wants him to play basketball. In one of his post game pressers that he did, somebody asked him, like, oh, how does it feel? Oh, it was the Detroit game. Because he was one assist away from another triple double. Uh-huh. And they're like, How do you feel? You know, does it irritate you sometimes when you're so close to a triple double? And he goes, oh, I don't really look at the stats. <laughs> he goes, I just play. <laughs> Oh my god, he's like a big uh, like I, like, like what a I big imagine is a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who the, just doesn't take shit from Marquise Morris and fucking gives him whiplash for thirty games, makes him retire pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. I don't think he's played since. <laughs> no, I don't think he still has. With I mean, when you get in a car accident, it kind of sucks. It's a smart car. I don't car. think the hit was that fucking bad. Yeah, I don't think it was either. I think he's milking it at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think so too. And it's like for what? Like, yeah. Go get paid, you weirdo. Go play games. God. <coughs> Jesus. Fucking NBA players, man. Divas. Piss me off. You know? You get paid way too much goddamn money for this shit. Yeah, we just had a hockey player get like break his face. Who's probably going to be back in like a, a week. week. Yeah. <laughs> right after All-Star break, he's going to be playing. Yeah. He like, still skated off the ice on his own power. Like, yeah. They wanted to bring a... Fucking sh- piss. They wanted to bring a stretcher for Markeith Morris. Oh, my God. God. Did you see McKinnon's nose though? Did you see? No, the yeah, picture it looked of bad. It? Yeah, it looked oh. fucked. Oh, Poor like guy. it was touching his yeah. left yeah, eye. It's terrible. <laughs> it was, yeah, and he just gets up again. He's more pissed that he has to come out of the game than he. Yeah, and then, and then he can't go back broke. in. Yeah, that's great. Good recap. Yeah, that was great. Kind of, kind of flew through that one. I feel like we were talking real fast there. I think you just feel the energy. Yeah. A little I'm just glad to be back. Excited. It was quite a week. Yeah. I And I like. I, I felt bad because I almost didn't want to record, and I was like, how the fuck are we not going to record for two weeks? Like, I know. I can't we, do got, that shit. we got people reaching out to us on Facebook, putting us on blast. I know. Shout out to Manny. Sorry, like, bro. You guys take a week off, and I was like... I had to deal with COVID, all right? You know? Didn't want to get Tony sick. Work was a little stressful for I me, too. I still ended up testing negative. Yeah, you... When I was on the phone with you, it sounded like you were just done with work. Yeah, if anybody's looking for a job, hit me up. <laughs> City yeah. of Denver. If you have a good uh, driving record, ambitions to get your CDL, yeah, reach out to me. Help you get a job. I can't say work has been very stressful. 
Man, I've been clocking out. Six? Yeah, about an average. Having to work Fridays now, five days a week, which to some of you, they're probably like, oh, wow, five days a week. But we all over, do that. Your whole Friday is an overtime day. So. Yeah. I'm working supposed to be four tens, and right now it's looking like five, five tens. Twelves. Yeah, five, five twelves. twelves yeah, six to, there, yeah. Yeah, 6.30 to 6. No yeah. lunch sometimes. Yep. Don't tell my bosses that I, don't work, that I work through lunch. Hopefully they don't listen to this. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. On, on to our uh, first segment. All right. Sacrifice for us. You the real MVP. I just noticed this is a CNN video. And we ask this every time. But why was this such an emotional speech? Like I've never seen another NBA MVP cry. Like I saw Joe Joe Brr cry, you know, when he <laughs> won the Heisman, but like, is that all his... I think it's just... That is all his... That's his teammates? Yeah, yeah. And everything. I think he was just... Just caught up in the moment, I guess, huh? Yeah, he gave all the love to his mom. Something like that? I think that's what it was. I don't know. We've never won any MVPs, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're here. Yeah, he's giving all of his... Uh, Dad slap. Maybe that's what it was, you know? You know when you talk to your parents and you just realize yeah. everything they did for yeah, you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get it. Who do you got? Do you want to start this one off? You can start this one off, because I want to see where you go. I'm always curious to see what how your mind works on these. You're Are not you? going to guess me. No? No. Who's yours? Jared Benner. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like it. Took a team to a 14-0 in one month, best in franchise history. I mean, you're you're squeezing out games left and right. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand how many drawn-up plays there actually are in hockey. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when, when the Avs are down and, you know, they got the net pulled and Benner's got to call a timeout with 45 seconds and draw something up, and it's been working, obviously... I mean, hats off to the guy, you know? Got to give him a little little props and little effort where it's due. A lot of kudos that he was getting from, from Denver media was he was making the team still practice on their win streaks. Yeah. They still had, like, two or three practices, and people were saying, like, that's not normal for NHL teams. Yeah, and you can't teach work ethic. Yeah. So, but our, clearly our guys have it. I mean... Well, I think when you have a leader that's putting the work in, it's easy for you to get behind that yeah. and jump right in and be like... Yeah, this is. I could follow this guy because he's putting the work in just as well as we are. Right. And what's cool about hockey coaches is they're kind of like basketball coaches, where they'll get in there and oh, they'll get they'll throw skates on and gloves and and have a stick in their hand and say, "All right, let's let's practice, motherfuckers." Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I. Some of the Avs practice videos are pretty cool to see. So, yeah, I would have to give it to Benar, in my opinion. That's just me. Just like it. Switch it up a little bit. Throw him a curveball. You know. No. Yeah. Who do you got? Uh, mine is from the Avs as well. Uh, Mr. Landeskog. He had quite the week. Yeah. Four goals in four games. Three assists in four games. He had one game winner and then one game tying goal. Okay. And the game tying goal is so big with, you know, down near 30 seconds left in the game. Yep. And then a game winner. I mean, and some fights here and there, huh? Yeah. Mix it in. He's just doing it all. <laughs> yeah. He's your enforcer. He really he's your captain. Yeah. He's like, oh, captain, my captain. Yeah. Guy you like rely that. on. I love this guy. Double Avs MVP, huh? Yeah. Like it. A little different because everybody knows I'm an NBA guy. Yeah. I like to hear that. It's growing on you. Yeah. It's good. Learning. No, and, and Landy has the C on his jersey for a reason. So no, yeah. And that's why I thought it was big because seeing that he's... And, and he was out with COVID for a couple days. Yeah. For a couple games in January too, which I we didn't really touch on. 
And I kind of spaced that. Step up this last week was. Yeah. I went and looked at it. He was the one of the names that you could constantly see his name on the stat sheet. Yep. Doing something, whether it was an assist, a goal, you know, just fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Any honorable mentions for any other teams? Probably Jokic again, but that's Jokic. Yeah. Maybe Aaron Gordon. He had quite the week as well. I was going to say AG. He's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He's stepping he's stepping up and just that whole team is just clicking on I all think you go with the Michael Malone. Yeah. The way he made his way through the whole bowl bowl situation with getting the first trade getting rejected and right. then still I guess you give that to Conley about the making the trade right back and getting a Bryn Forbes here. Yeah. And yeah. then Malone getting these new pieces and actually getting him playing time because that was his downfall last year. We signed a was it JaVel McGee last year, right? Correct, right and, before playoffs. I mean, the guy played no minutes that whole time. Did, I, did he even step on the court? I think it was once when Jokic got ejected, but other than that, I don't remember him getting a significant amount of minutes. And I think who, if if I'm going to be honest, I would almost rather have Javale than Boogie. But oh, yeah, we're dads on this show. <laughs> She's she woke up in a gray mood. My God. Oh, I know she was all smiling when yeah. I walked through the door. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I said, I would, I almost would rather have Javale than Boogie, but you'll, I mean, you'll take what you can get, right? Yeah, seeing like we touched on before, seeing the the connection that Boogie and Malone have, like maybe that's just what Javale and Malone didn't have, and I think, and it could be, yeah, because Malone is kind of a hard ass. So I mean, he's a hard guy to play for. I could, I could totally see it. Yeah, it's. Because it's almost like it's a my way or the highway, but not in a like a toxic coach way. Yeah. Just, he's a very stern, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, like you said, he's just a hard guy. Yeah, he doesn't want the for. glamorous. Yeah, yeah. The glamorous he's guys. old school, old-fashioned. Yeah. Put the nose down to the pavement and let's let's yeah. grind this shit out. He, he values defense more than he values the offensive side. Yeah, like he, I'm sure he hates the three point shot and what Steph Curry's done for the game. Yeah, uh, well, that's I mean, over I can see it though. I can see it too because you see the way the offense for the Nuggets is ran, and I think that's why Jokic is such a big pillar. Is the offense that Malone pushes is for get the ball through Jokic. We're gonna play inside out basketball, yeah. closer to the hoop. Uh-huh. If we can kick it out to an open shooter, then that's what we're gonna do. But yeah, I mean, we've had multiple sixty plus points in the paints. In the paint games mm-hmm. this year. So, all right. Good recap. Good segment. All right, we're back. Took a little short break. Had to get the, the stretches in. God, why are you so nosy, man? I was closing it. I know. You couldn't do it on break? I didn't realize. Fuck. It was open. It was bothering me. All right, so I got a little Christmas gift for my grandma and grandpa. It's a sports trivia card deck. There's probably, what, 50-something cards in there? 50 quiz cards. Oh, there you go. So there's going to be a little segment we do just to keep it random and keep up with the sports theme, you know? So go ahead and answer or ask my my trivia question off the card. What is the maximum number of clubs a golfer is permitted to carry in their bag for a round of golf? Oh, okay. So you got... Wow. I'm not going to get this. I... I didn't think it was this many, if I'm being honest. Is it a, is it kind of a high number? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not too much of a golfer, so this could be the right number, but to me it seems like a lot. Well, you got I mean you could throw your driver in there. One two one three and five would. I know I know Manny's a golfer, 
So if Manny's going to listen to this, he's going to be a little disappointed because I'm going to get it wrong. I know that for sure. My boy Dalton is too. So driver, 135 wood. I mean, 9, 7, 5 iron, putter, sand pitch. 14? Oh, damn, you're good. I got it? Yeah. Yeah? Perfect. Right, yeah. 14. All right. Starting it oh, off boy. good. Yeah. It's a good one. Hell yeah. All right. A League of Their Own is a movie which... Oh, my God. Uh, a League of Their Own is a movie about which women's professional baseball team? You've seen this movie, right? Yeah, but I'm blanking on the name. Come on, you got it. Here, I'll help you out. Haley's gonna hate me because we were gonna be this for Halloween with the girls. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I'm just blinking. I think it's under pressure. It's because it's in a question setting. Oh, 100%. Peaches. Yeah, out of boy. Out of boy. Do you know the city? Rockford? Yep. There we go. Look at us. Who thought we'd get those right? We didn't think we were going to get it. Do you want to no. try to answer that next one, though? The other uh, question on this Yeah, one? because I don't even know what I'm asking for yours. Go ahead real quick. <laughs> How many Grand Slam titles did Martina Navratilova win in her tennis career? Uh, fuck, Serena's got like 15, I thought, or some... I don't even know how the Grand Slams and tennis work. Uh, no, it's got to be a 7. 59. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <Me either. laughs> Which former rugby, rugby player had the nickname The Axe? What a nickname to start. <laughs> I would not want to play rugby against that dude. And I'm just picturing this like... Big old oh, yeah. yoke, just yeah. dude who runs a four two in the forty, just from fucking, Russia, yeah, and like drinks vodka as his game. Yeah, he's like three hundred pounds running a four four, and he's just <laughs> getting down the yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's just yeah. Trevor Gilmeister, even his last name, whoa, yeah, it's kind of scary. He's the machine, the, <laughs> the machine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, Burt Kreischer is mine and Tony's favorite comedian. And he goes by the machine. Oh, that's great. If we, if you would have oh. went to Vegas, like, I know I saw. Did you see? Yeah, yeah. I was so pissed. Like, if we would have left Saturday because his show was Friday, I probably would have gone. Well, Oko might have gone, and actually, a couple people that went with us might have gone. But yeah, I a hundred percent would have went. He was so funny in person. So funny. Oh, so. I don't think we should repeat no. anything that was said on this show. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that was a cool little segment. I like that. We'll, maybe we'll do that weekly. Hey, we both started one for one. Yeah, we did. I like it. And I promise we didn't cheat before, like during break. No. We picked that random out of the middle of the deck. Yeah, I even shuffled because I taught myself how to shuffle cards. Oh boy. All right. What do we got upcoming, sir? Let's start with the biggest because we didn't really. You want you want to do this one now? Yeah, we didn't touch on them in the update. Okay. You know, the weekly. What are we calling that? What? What are we calling our first little part? The or, recap? Yeah, there we go. A You're weekly right. recap. You're blanking? Yeah, Maybe just because... didn't do you good. No, I was on a roll. <laughs> uh, the weekly recap, we didn't touch on them. The Broncos, you know, finally hired their... Not finally. It was, what, 19 days from the time they fired Vic to... Yes. The time they hired Nathaniel Hackett. And he was the first coach they hired. Or first coach hired in the NF- in the NFL yeah. out of these vacancies. Yeah, nobody really talked about that. Yeah, so which everybody was saying how Dan Quinn was the front runner. I think he was until they did those interviews. And did you listen to the presser or no? 
Have you listened to it yet? No, yeah. I yeah, went. You listen to all 45? Pretty thorough, okay. yeah. Yeah. George Payton said multiple times that Nathaniel Hackett was going away. Yeah, no, yeah. Which is what we've heard when McVay was hired with the Rams and Shanahan was hired with the 49ers is, you know, these guys blew me away. And I don't think I've – well, I know for sure. I'm not I don't not I think. I know. I haven't been excited for a head coach hire in years since Kubiak until this, this hire. Yeah, so I was really excited. He was the guy that was on both of our lists. Yeah, and – I kind of made myself sound stupid on the bonus episode because I was like, Brian Callahan jumped to my number one. I don't know why I fell in love with his resume and stuff so much over Hackett because I did say on that episode, Hackett was my number one before I found out we were hiring Callahan. And then I got real upset because Callahan was the only one that we interviewed over Zoom. And did, so when I found that out, I was like, oh, yeah, he's not good. Did you hear what George Payton said about the – like knocking Zoom calls, basically. Yeah, and how he yeah. didn't want to do it that way at yeah, all. And so then you he knew interviewed Callahan over Zoom, and I was yeah. like, oh, he was never even an option. I think it was his Bronco ties, and just you know that could have been it. Yeah. yeah, just everything. But yeah, Hackett was on both of our lists, and at at one point he was my number one. So, and he was your one A. He, he wasn't, he's know. the guy that fucked up my whole my whole list because he was <laughs> the last guy I did my research on. Uh huh. And when I saw his lengthy resume, and if you want to hear us talk more in depth about his background, you can go listen to that uh, that bonus episode of the Head Coaching Candidates. Uh, minute mark, 30, 36 minute, like 40 seconds around there is when we start talking about Hackett, because the other candidates don't matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, and his resume is... Pretty lengthy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's coached, he's played... Uh, everything. Yeah, everything. He's He's seen... He's seen the game of football from really every side of the field. I mean, even being in the locker room with his dad, like he said in that presser yesterday, you know, <laughs> when his dad they, was a coach. Uh, when he got hired, they were saying that he uh, he used to play board games with Joe Montana. That's crazy. Yeah, can you just picture this little kid in, in yeah. the locker room? Joe, you want to play Monopoly? Like, yeah. They used to play cards. Like, yeah. this guy's just been soaking it in, like soaking it up his whole life. What was your first word that came to mind, or like phrase, when you saw the breaking news the Denver Broncos have hired Nathaniel Hackett? First phrase I thought. Or like word, or like. What did I think of? So my my first thought? Yeah. That they got the guy they wanted. Yeah, that's. Mine was kind of on the same line. Because a lot of people were saying, like. They weren't going to hire Dan Quinn, and they were going to wait till Quinn got hired, so they didn't have to hire him. If that makes sense. Yeah, but that's just so... That, that doesn't make sense, right? No, so I, when I when I heard they hired Hackett, and hearing that he was the first hire, and then you see the Bears hire their guy yeah. right after, you see... I don't think there's been any more hirings now, but it just shows that George Payton got the guy he wanted and that's what my initial reaction was was we got him yeah like that's the guy we yeah. wanted that's the guy we yeah. got i was i also was kind of surprised that we that's who we hired to be honest i really because he wasn't on my list i was very discouraged that we were going to hire dan quinn and go the retread defensive route like we have but i think yeah george payton got the guy that he wanted and then it came out that uh hackett had he had set up a second interview with 
Jacksonville for the for and the next day. Yeah. When George seen that, he was like, "We have to make this deal happen." Like, yeah, they they made the deal happen at like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, almost midnight. And yeah. did you watch that video? Yeah, of the, of the call. Yeah, yeah. Dude looked exhausted. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they had a full. They've been working for, I would assume, eighteen days straight, nineteen days straight at that yeah, time with a tiny handful of sleep in between. And I remember you texted you texted up me and me and Ants when. Hackett came in for the interview, and you're like, Dan Quinn's going to be the coach, huh? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Hackett's here first. Like, I, I kind of just had a feeling when I seen Hackett got that second interview first because they easily could have got a second interview done with. Well, do you know how Quinn. long that second interview went? Yeah, it was like nine hours. Yeah, did so. Los I, you're, not on Twitter, you're not on Twitter a whole lot yet. I mean, I'm sure you're going to be more active now that we're yeah. doing this. But Andrew Mason, he's a – gosh, I can't even say who he reports for because I don't want to give false information. But he's a Broncos beat writer, mm-hmm. basically. And he was actually, like, stalking Nathaniel Hackett's plane at Centennial Airport because he flies private, obviously, yeah, so from Green Bay to here. And his plane was supposed to take off at, like, at 6.30. Yeah, and it stood until... And he until, didn't end up flying out until 8-something. Yeah, and, almost 9 but, o'clock. But it was kind of a cool little thing to so, watch, you know? It's like, okay, this plane is still stuck here. Are they going to announce this within, like, the next hour? You know, or is it going to be a like like his plane stuck here? Yeah, everybody in that building knows. Let's give it a couple days to talk numbers and stuff, type of deal. So a person who started that whole like plane watching thing that day was a guy that you actually don't really care for. Is Cliss? <laughs> Mike Cliss was there yeah. when the plane landed. Did you hear? Let me cut you off real quick. Did you hear the fucking questions that he asked yesterday? Um, not thoroughly. If I didn't take notes, then they weren't that great questions. Well, no, exactly. They weren't. So he what were, what he were they? basically straight up asked George Payton about Aaron Rodgers. Like, was Nathaniel? He basically asked, "Was Nathaniel? Hackett, oh yeah, I heard was, that. Was yeah. Aaron Rodgers the reason you hired Hackett?" And George Payton was like, "No." Yeah, yeah completely. Was a smart ass back to him, and I was like, "Thank." He God. answered the first question, and then. No, he, he was like, so, before I answer your question, my wife and family yeah, just got here, and they've never been here. It was their here. first time to... And Mike, to yeah. answer your question, absolutely not. And then Mike goes, so that's that your it? answer? And, goes, and George is like, yeah. Like, he probably wanted to say, yeah, dumbass. Yeah. So, but anyway, keep going. On top Sorry. of that, they can't really mention anything because no, exactly. tampering. Yeah, so it's like, what are you asking, If they do Mike, have anything like, set up, it's they're going to get fined, oh going to get rejected. Yeah, I was so pissed. Okay, keep going. Sorry. But yeah, he's the one who started that whole plane watching thing, because yeah. he was there... He was on his own. He got video of the plane like landing and yeah. ha- and Hackett walking through the little when like he concourse got, thing. Or yeah, whatever. he got that video when he got when he landed here there yesterday yeah. or the other day. The other, was, after he when was he hired. got for the, no when he got for the interview. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, he was there for that too. And yeah, because did you like it was a big deal about how the Broncos like Tahoes and stuff blocked out the media. Yeah, so they couldn't see stuff. Hackett yeah. coming yeah. in. And so and then. And I think they wasn't so, there a wasn't there like a plane watch for Peyton Manning too when he was uh, going through free agency? I think there kind of was something like that. Honestly, wasn't looking that thorough into it, so no, I couldn't but tell you. I saw a couple replies from like random. I was like, people it was like just like when Panning, yeah, or so Panning. I was like, huh, maybe yeah. this is actually a thing. when Peyton was. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were saying you could find the list of like what planes are landing at Centennial, and yeah. there's like a restaurant you could go sit at and yeah. watch the planes land, and yeah. Hey, hey, whatever. Teach their own. Drink some wine. Watch some planes. Be depressed that you're not flying in on a private jet. Right. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, it was... What did you, what did you think of Hackett himself at the press conference? Um. So, 
after we did the Broncos bonus episode, which you guys should go listen to if you haven't. <laughs> and, and like I said, if you just want to skip to the Hackett. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Minute 36. But I was just, just trying to plug the extra episode, bro. I know. Yeah. We're yeah. just making sure they get to the... You know, they're not listening to the whole thing. They don't want to <laughs> no. know about Aaron Glenn and... <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but after we did that episode, I, I was like, all right, here's probably the most likely candidates, which was... O'Connell, Quinn, and and Cal and Hackett. Sorry, when they were named to the finalists, too. right? So I was like, let's go see what we got. And I've never been around a football meeting room. I've never been on a football practice field. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. but I've also never seen somebody so enthusiastic and so excited to be outside with his boys, with his guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like it blew me away and like i i don't have any words right now it's mm-hmm. basically how it was because he's just such an enthusiastic and happy guy and you can tell that he just loves football but he loves football so much to where he takes it that serious because he wants to be the best yeah and that's what i took away from it and he had a smile on his face the whole time. I mean, he was running out of breath in that presser, and he was excited. He was excited to meet media members. Who, yeah, he's all nice to meet you, and he talked yeah, to Troy like, Rank. What and, coach is excited yeah. about media members? You yeah. know what I mean? Like nobody. Well, then I texted you right after the presser that he was. He came on the. He came on the fan for like, I think it was like four minutes. I I was still kind of, you know, yeah, recovering, so I didn't yeah. hear that. So yeah, how was that four minutes? It was Who good. Was he on with uh, D Mac and, and Columbus, yeah. Okay. It was a live reaction, and uh-huh. it was the first time they talked. And he really, they asked him a couple of questions, nothing too serious, but you could hear his excitement there too. It was the same tone. Um, he mentioned that he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. They're going to go this whole week. Him and George Payton together. I mean, he's getting to work already. Yeah, which right is, away. You know, and but what I did think was interesting is you and I said do we think one of the questions in the interview is what's your plan at quarterback or what would you like to do at quarterback Mm -hmm. and he was asked that in the presser yesterday and he basically said you know what like i like i just got here so let's kind of let's kind of see so but so do you think he does have a plan well quarterback or i think he does but i think he's he's gonna weigh all options yeah and knowing how thorough george payton is the way he uh, the way he attacked last year's draft the way he attacked the coaching hire, they're gonna look at all options. They're not gonna leave anything on the table. You know, yeah. no stone unturned. Yeah. So I could if, see him looking Corral at everything. If Pickett is, is there guy, and they like him, then they're yeah, gonna go get yeah. him. Um, I think falling in love is going to be George Payton's definition of who he is as a general manager. Yeah. You know, he came out and said the PS2 pick was the safest pick, but I really think he loved PS2. Obviously, he loved Nathaniel Hackett, and I think, I, I'll i be honest, I it's kind of early to say, I wouldn't be surprised if we drafted a quarterback, bro. No, yeah, so when I, I know when people hear a safe pick, especially in the first round, fans, it, how do I say this Jesus. without being, like, I don't want it down are doggone football fans. But, like, the average fan, when they hear a safe pick, they think, oh, man, really? Like, you could have had Justin Fields. Or you yeah. could have had, you know... Mac Jones. Mac Jones or 
whoever else you, you want. You could have moved up to number one for Trey Lance, yeah. and you should have traded the farm away for Trey Lance. Hey, I never said move up. I just said if he was <laughs> if there, he's there take him because yeah. he's the best quarterback out of this draft, yeah, and I will still die on this hill. Uh, that's why Jimmy G's leading him for the NFC Champions. Uh, they're, okay, they're back to the Broncos. To back the to the Broncos. Today. I'm going to um, fuck you up. Back to the Broncos. <laughs> like No, but do you the, agree? Like I think George George's definition is going to be – God, this sounds so weird, but a lover, like no, he has to do, love the pick, yeah, the yeah, pick, the and that's the decision. That's what we didn't see from like Alway, and yeah. that's why I say like when he drafted Paxton Lynch, it was a reach. We traded up, yeah, and everybody when they said when they went through the interview process, nobody liked Paxton Lynch, yeah. and Alway saw a guy with a big arm, tall, and was like tall, yeah, advance his words, he's tall, has a big arm. <laughs> uh, and, I and think, they, they reached for him, and I think Peyton, and that's what I'm saying, back to the safe pick, it's not necessarily you're making like, okay, like let's just go get this guy. No, you're getting this guy because he's the most NFL ready. And we saw it with PS2. He came in, he started, he impressed Vic Fangio, who's had count, 20, 25 yeah. plus years of defensive experience and as he a coach was, in this league. You know, Players were impressed with PS2. Von Miller said PS2 should be playing DN with him, that he's so big. And then he's just so smart that, you know, you see the interception against Justin Herbert where he baits him into it. You yeah. know, he just the little things. Yeah. yeah. No, you yeah. see guys that are NFL ready, and I think that's what, when you look at George Payton's upcoming draft and even the coaching hires, he's looking at guys that are going to be able to make impacts right from the start. And I, I got to eat some words here about the PS2 pick, too, because what did you say? All you, pro? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he played at an all pro level. He was snubbed. Obviously snubbed hard. for our all pro, if you ask me. But Yeah, I think it's really hard for rookies to get it, and that's the reason they don't is because of that big title as a rookie. But uh, and the eye test tells you that that boy played at a at an all pro level. So, yeah, I'll admit I was completely wrong. Yeah. So... But going it. back to, to Hackett and stuff, yeah, I think – and what I what I noticed with the presser too is George Payton talks the same way that Hackett does. Oh, he's yeah. a little little more <clears throat> – He's not as – He's a more monotone guy. Yeah. But you can tell he loves football and he's excited and he wants to work. And I think for George, that's more of him be having to be the boss. So he's not – he can't be like that. He's not the guy that's on the field. He's in the office. And I mean, you could be still be an office guy and be excited, but I think he knows his – he has to be the boss still too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Until the new owner comes in, which I don't want to get too into that because that whole situation is a mess. Well, I know last episode I said, okay, now there's four, you know, Alley and Manning are part of four ownership groups. Uh-huh. Well, then it got back down to they were just on two. Uh-huh. And then Alway comes out and does something where he's not even a part of an ownership group. But and he, then he's like a free agent, so take yeah. Him. So he'll take he'll go to any ownership group yeah. that's in the lead, basically. And then you have Peyton Manning, where they, he was asked like, "Oh, what ownership group are you a part of? Are you a part of any?" And he right. basically said no. Yeah, it's it's a. It's and now a the whole. front runner came out, and it's some guy from Denver. Yeah. So who's a billionaire? So it's like it's all up in the air. Yeah, and I think you you know not to knock what we know about sports, but you and I. We don't have the inside scoops and the sources like other media outlets do, unfortunately, which is where we lack. So I think we kind of just let let them let them do their job. And, and when it'll and be announced, you can come here. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we just it. give our opinion on it type deal. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because that's a whole – Jesus. Yeah, we, that's but a new, whole lot of – But new league year is in March, correct? Yeah. So we should It has have to be decided owner. here soon. Yeah, okay. 
and they were saying Alice had came out and said they want to do it after the coaching hire. So. Right, like soon after the coaching hire. Yeah, back to Hackett. From my from what I noticed off the press conference was, you could see the excitement from when he's talking. The moment yep. he stepped on the stage right in front of that podium, he was. You could just see it on his face that he was happy. You can see the smarts. Yeah. Uh, you see a genuine guy, like I wanted. He, yep. he has his own character, and you could see it. He's not yep. a Lafleur, and he mentioned, you know, he does. Uh, he did learn from Lafleur when it comes to. So I, I heard that. And what that was one of my big keys in the bonus episode was how much are these guys soaking up being oh, yeah. coordinators and other coaches? And I think, I mean, depending on how you know well his brain works, li- quite literally, mm-hmm. I it sounds like he soaked up a lot from everybody that he's worked with ever. No, oh, yeah, and he. One thing we didn't notice when we did our our bonus episode was he said he did eight years of offensive quality control. Yeah, so that's more of the analytic side of it, and he and said that's he, where he learned his love for the game. Yeah, and like he said, he in the presser he said that 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 position grinds more than any other position. Yeah, so and he wouldn't make them do anything he wouldn't do. So you see a guy that's you know, and then he mentioned you know his environment that he wants to do or that he wants to have at the facility. There's he wants be it to, music there. Yeah, he wants it to be fun, yeah. inviting. And I he think, wants people to be proud about their about the team again. Yeah, and this roster is so young. I think this roster is ready to go to practice yeah. tomorrow. And you see he he mentioned winning. He wants to get back to winning. Yeah. And then his biggest thing where he had to have said it at least, you know, 15 20 times was communication. Yeah. His biggest thing is communication from the top to the bottom, and he wants to communicate with the players, and he wants to know them more as just a player and a number. He wants to know them as a person. Yeah. Which is the biggest thing, because he said it's all about, you know, what you're learning. and what yeah, it, like, the, when I, like when I was in college, we would do team dinners all the time, like at Coach's house. Yeah. You know? Coach would be like, hey, give, give me if you can give me five, ten bucks, cool. Let, let's all I'll go to the store to go grab a bunch of steaks and stuff, and team dinner at coach's house this week well, then and teams, like i know it's football and it's a 53 man active roster with how many on the practice squad but it's like hackett's like that dude you know what i mean oh, yeah like he's like hey honey i don't know where we're having this at but, but guys are coming over yeah somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah literally and I, I think you could see it like and yeah it's one of those guys where he just the energy's there the the smarts are there the background yeah i'm super excited and I think that's what I would have to say about it is I'm just really excited. And who knows? This could flop right in our faces. You know? We pray to God it obviously doesn't. I I, I don't see it. I, me either. It's not, and like you said, when Fangio was hired, you were like, uh, I don't know. When Vance was hired, it was a... Uh, it's almost like a gut feeling. Of, yeah. And then when I'm not you, saying that you and I are right 100% of the time, no, but, but I think that's when I heard, 90% of Broncos country. When we heard Vance was hired, did you were you excited about the Vance hire? No. When you heard the Fangio hire, were you excited? No. Yeah, it was not the way I wanted to go for either one of those. And what I liked about this hire, too, is one, there was a second interview. Two... Peyton interviewed every candidate that was requested. And three, it took him 19, 18, 19 days. You know, he wasn't just going to rush right into this. And he still made the first hire. And he stole the guy he wanted because he was worried about him getting taken. Yeah. So there's a reason. Yeah. And I think where, and George Payne's getting a lot of backlash because he went to the coaches and they're, everybody's like, oh, that's not normal. Normally you have all the coaches fly into you. But I like how he went out 
of his way. Yeah, and went to go meet these guys in a spot where they're comfortable. Yeah. And not only that, he was he mentioned it in the presser a little bit that he he talked to everybody he could at these facilities. Yeah. So like they could un- get an understanding coaches, other, other coaches, players, players like, staff. Like you think how you, do these guys interact with you? How do they react he, with you? You think you talk to that boy a rod twelve or what? You know, might be a little tampering there, but hey, I'll, I'll take it. We'll see the come fun. the come <laughs> the come the decision yeah. he makes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, in my opinion, good hire, and I'm excited. What's yours? Uh, I'm really way. excited. Looking at you know the fact that he's going to go back to calling plays. He learned that from Lafleur about how he mentioned how he's able to Lafleur was able to manage the whole team. Yeah, and still call. Call plays. He learned yep. how to budget his time there. Yep. So that was big. And when he mentioned his offensive scheme and what he knows about complementary football, that was interesting, right? It was big to me. I wrote. I went down when he and I had to rewatch it. I'm not gonna try to like toot my own horn, but I watched the the presser at least two two and a half times because I went back and had to like just make sure I was understanding everything yeah. he was saying. And mine mine was twice. But truly, only once thoroughly. The like yeah. the other time was like me doing dishes with headphones mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was kind of yeah. yeah. And the complimentary football part was just how he talked about playing linebacker and then the long snapper. And I was like, okay, so you played both defense, you played special teams, so you know the impact they have. You're not just some other coach, and now you're on the offensive side of the ball calling plays. And I think going back to his communication, him and George Payton communicated how much. All three phases here are a struggle. And, and how they you know been. what? This is a really big gamble for Hackett. This is yeah. a 20-plus year resume on and the line. Like this is He your has first, to come in yeah. here, and he has to win. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's a gamble. You have a young roster. You have a, an organization who's been down in the dumps for five years. And truly, you're gambling with your career. I, I, obviously, he doesn't want to go back to being an OC. He wants to be a head coach yeah. probably for the rest of his career. And he, like I said, he's putting a 20-plus year reputation on the mm-hmm. line, which, man. Yeah, and then, you know, from complimentary football, he t- he mentioned analytics, which Fangio hated analytics. Right. And what I loved about what he said about analytics was how useful they can be, but they're not the end-all, be-all. Right. You know, like, we're not going to staley it. And, <laughs> I was just going to say, we're not the Chargers. and yeah. We're going to go for it on fourth down every play like we're playing Madden. Yeah, I don't yeah. So, no, it's it's a yeah. And then when he talked about his offensive scheme, which you texted, you think Drew Locke might be here, and this is why I think. And that's what yeah, that's why when I he mentioned you. his. Well, th- I texted you. I think he, Drew Locke stays before the before presser. the presser. But when he mentioned the offensive scheme, which is what's leading everybody saying, okay, now the A Rod trade trade is next. That's yeah. the next step. Right. And I'm not too sold that it's going to happen. No, me either. I feel like knowing George Payton and how he values the draft, the fact that they're going to the Senior Bowl, if the price is too high for Rodgers, they won't make the trade. Yeah. And then when Hackett talks about his offensive scheme, he talks about what we were saying would which, be the biggest things. Which is the West Coast co- West Coast slash you can kind of finish that Yeah, so off. he has... that's when it gets complicated. He had a maneuverable offense, maneuverable, adjustable. It's built around the players. And it starts from the outside zone to end. So he's basically trying to spread everything, not necessarily spread everything out, and we're only going to throw the ball, attack the sidelines. 
but we're going to make the defense cover the whole He said field. he wants to make all 11 defensive players play. Have to work, yeah. Yeah. And then he said they're going to still take shots downfield, as well as they're going to implement what you said, the West Coast principles, such as like drop back game, which yeah. is what Drew Locke struggles on. His timing sucks. Right. You know, we run a three-step drop, and his footwork is so bad. By the time our receiver's getting out of the slant, the window's already closed because Drew Locke's not at the distance he's supposed to be. Okay, I still, even after hearing that, I still think Drew Locke stays. No, yeah. And That's what I'm saying. I don't think Drew, well, man. So this is where it gets kind of complicated because, you know, you go hire your guy. You get Broncos country excited about Nathaniel Hackett. But then you, as George Keep Payton, Drew. you say, we're keeping Drew and we're going to develop him. Which, I only say I that because in the presser, Hackett was asked about developing young players. Basically, his answer was, I have no problem with it. So That he needs to look more at the roster and right. learn about each player. Right. So it's kind of like, that's this is where the elephant in the room hits and it gets hard. Where, where I so, took it with... With Locke staying was when George Payton did his end-of-season presser after he had, he had fired Fangio. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't even listened to it. And he was asked about Drew Locke and what his plans were, and he goes, well, he's under contract for one more year. So that right there tells me the guy's going to stay. As what role is kind of up It depends air. on what he can soak up. And based off of this offensive scheme, I think it's a, it's a scheme that he could kind of succeed in. Mm-hmm. Based off of which we what he learns, you and I said thing. that in practice episodes is there's probably two, maybe three teams that Drew Locke would be successful in, and it was one the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. and we're getting a Packer guy, so it's kind of like okay, like it, it might work, but we got our foundation and now building it. This is going to be a crazy off season. I mean. And if they're putting my seatbelts on and strapping up, if there is a guy like we said, if they fall in love with with the draft, whether it's Corral, Pickett, whoever, um, Willis, yeah, any any one of those guys coming out, Sam Howell out of North Carolina, I could see Drew Locke being on, you know, the next flight out of here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm really excited about this pick. I think it was. Nails. Yeah, makes me so excited for the draft. Yeah, this is gonna. We better buckle up. We might have fun. to. We might have to plan a couple more uh, Broncos oh, bonus, bonus episodes. episodes. You know, it's a lot of stuff to cover. So, which we covered a lot there. Let's kind of. But yeah, Broncos country got a guy that I think is gonna be pretty successful for the next and make us pretty successful, able to compete again. I agree. But we're not just watching the Chiefs go into their fourth straight AFC championship. And lose to them constantly. Yeah. All right. Nuggets. Nuggets upcoming, eh? What do we got here? 27 and 21. Sixth place in the West, still. You have a three... Well, not a three-game road trip. The, the last three of your sixth game before the All-Star break. You got defending NBA champs Milwaukee at their place. They're sitting fourth in the East. Then you got Minnesota, seventh in the West, at their place. Obviously, they're twenty three and twenty three, which is kind of surprising. Then you got Utah at their place. They're fourth in the West, just a couple spots above you. 
but who you always play tough. I think we're going to go 2-1, and one, and we might finish this road trip 5-1. and one. I think you lose to Milwaukee, but you take the Minnesota and Utah games, and you, you steal the Utah one, but you, you, uh, you win the Minnesota one because Minnesota beat you last time. I think you know what you got to do and what you got to get done. I think Malone's really going to emphasize, hey, All-Star break's coming up. Let, let's grind this out and let's go Let's go rest. So I'm going to say 2-1 and one, and you finish the road trip 5-1 and one, with the <sighs> loss coming from Milwaukee. This is, this is a tough one for me because Minnesota plays you tough. Uh, They're young. Anthony Edwards... Dog. Dog. Yeah. He's a pit bull. And you're in their place. And Minnesota's one of those teams where you just you just battle against. It's not an easy not an easy game at all. Yeah. So I could see it I could see any all these games going except for tonight. I'm with you on that one. Probably lose to Milwaukee. Okay. Tonight. Um Minnesota. I'll give you a win, but it's you're not gonna win by double digits. Okay. And then Utah. When it comes to that game, it depends on what your bench does. Okay. So if your bench can get you help and they can win, if if you're matching bench for Denver and bench for Utah, if we can score more points on our bench, we're going to win. Okay. And where Utah has the advantage is they bring Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Yeah. That dude could get you 30 points yeah, if he's on. So With five threes, six threes. I think Gobert is your defensive player of the year, yeah. probably again, but Jokic always drops, you know, 30. Yeah. Probably gets another triple-double. Like, Jokic is Gobert's kryptonite when it comes to defense. He just can't figure him out. Okay. So, I'm going to say they go one and two this is upcoming week, and... One and two, flip of the coin, two of the one. Two and one against Utah. So you'd like to see two and one, you think it's one and two? Mm-hmm. I would like to see... Okay, I'd like to see three and oh. Yeah. But I think it's two and one. Because yeah, I think... I think you, you're going to steal one. I think even if you finish... I said this before. The goal for NBA teams when they go on a long road trip like this is to go 500. Yeah. And even if you lose these next three, keep them close. Don't get blown out. You know, you still go three and three. Mm-hmm. And you're still not completely healthy, as much as people say you're yeah. not. So, okay, Avalanche. What do we got? So we're twenty-two, eight and two, forty-six. No, that's, oh no, no, that's not right. No, that's not they're right. twenty. They're thirty. They're thirty-one, 30, eight, yeah, and three. thirty-one yeah. eight and three. Our notes are a little fucked up right here. Wonky. First in the West, second in the NHL, right behind Florida. Mm-hmm. I believe it's one point. You got two left before All Star break. Both at home. You got Buffalo, 13-21-7, 13th in the East, garbage. And you got Arizona, 10-26-4, last, last in the West. I'd go 2-0. I don't think we really need to go no, in a lot of 2-0, get healthy during the All-Star break. You finish January 15-0-1, and like you said, get healthy, and let's make this uh, yeah. Let's make the All-Pro Dads podcast after the All-Star break fun to talk about. Yeah, go get healthy and and you're hitting, you're downhill after that, down yep. the slopes. Yep, yep. Okay, sounds good. Controversial one. A little touchy subject. What do you uh, think? Uh, you had the had the baseball Hall of Fame happen this past week. Yeah. Yeah. Dedicate-
say it's not only him but you're looking at Roger Clemens Roger as Clemens. well and yeah yeah let's let's make this quick I don't know if this will be a quick quick because <laughs> I know we're sitting on two different sides so what 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 do you want so I've done some thinking throughout the show and you know I'm not gonna change my stance but I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this and I really don't fucking care Barry Bonds you cheated you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame sorry how it is that your home run records mean shit to me i mean yeah yeah i think if you look at it and i think that's sorry real no, quick, I, I just take baseball very serious and baseball is a very skillful game you know that it's a it's a mind game and it's a obviously it's a physical game but i mean you cheated so no you don't belong in there people are going to give me a lot of shit for it but whatever uh, where I feel it's it just doesn't make sense is the MLB didn't test. They weren't testing at the time, so and then he comes out after and he he owned up to using them when they did finally start testing. I mean, it was kind of obvious. I mean, you saw the dude just get absolutely ginormous. Yeah, you know. And I think where baseball doesn't matter is yeah, you could take all the steroids in the world, but. You still got to put the bat on the ball. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he did that. On top of that, you can't tell me guys like David Ortiz, who got voted in, who played in the same era and excelled in the same era of baseball, was not using. I don't. I don't think. No. Yeah. If so, if you're gonna say David Ortiz never tested positive, right? Or no, he, he did have he a did. To, he did have a positive and was, test, and it was supposed to be like so, confidential and stuff. So no, I don't think David Ortiz should be in either. So I think. If you're going to let one in... Like A-Rod? A-Rod's going to be in, and I don't think he should be in. If you're going to let a guy in, then you can't... You can't hold another guy. Okay, well, no, then... yeah. It right, doesn't yeah. make sense. Okay. It's the same with Roger Clemens. I mean, yeah, okay, he's that's arguably... 100. And you can look at their before stats, and if you want to do it, take away their stats after, and I think they're still Hall of Fame players. Okay. You made before a the steroids. There, so, so, yeah, I'll admit that I was... I'm not going to say wrong, because I still have my opinion, but I can 110% see what you're saying. And so. I think... You know, looking at Barry Bonds is those are some of my first memories of baseball. Yeah. So I don't think I would have played baseball if I wasn't for Barry Bonds. I didn't find it interesting. Makes I played T ball because my parents were like, I want to get you out the house and it's the youngest sport you could start in. Yeah. So I was like, Okay, I'll play. I respect it. Um And I'm not like trying to be a, a like a dickhead about it. That's just I just think you cheated. It's like what the fuck, yeah. man. I just think everybody in that era was And I think Barry Bonds was a good enough player to where he could have not cheated and been almost just as successful as he was. Well and he was too. He had you know So it's like the, why? For what? Always trying to push the limits. I mean it's an athlete. You always yeah. want to find your find your edge and if they're not testing for it then they're giving you located yeah, sure. Do the edge. Yeah, get, when, get that edge over everybody else. And it's basically like where I look at where the other players are upset that aren't in is or where they where their arguments are with Bonds is not necessarily on that he was doing it, but it was more of like a, well, why wasn't I doing it? Yeah. Because it wasn't, like I said, it was, it was legal, but they weren't testing for it. So, like, is he cheating? I guess you could say 
because the strength is, you know, up there. But it's not cheating because you're not testing for it. You're not enforcing any rules on it. Makes sense. And I think, like I said, baseball, you could take the steroids, but if you can't hit a fucking curveball, then you ain't worth the shit. Yeah. Ask any baseball player. No, if you yeah, can't hit right. the ball, you're not going to... 100%. You're yeah. not going to... You can't hit a home run by not hitting a home run. Right. You know, so... Wherein, like... If he was, like... You know, you look at guys that did use steroids like a Lance Armstrong, like... I think that's an an actual advantage where that he has over the other players. Yeah. All right. So, Makes I sense. I think he should yeah, be no, in. I, I think eventually it should get overturned. Or you take the guys out that... Or San Francisco signs him to another deal to reset his Hall of Fame clock. Do you see that? That's actually are they talking about that? It's actually... I don't think it's going to happen, but it's... Like a one-day or two-day? It's something that can actually happen. And then he retires Yes. He can actually reset his Hall of Fame clock. I've seen a couple things where there's another committee, because I think the MLB Writers Association is the one who votes them in. Yeah. And it's like... I think there's Troy Ranks, so there's like 300 and something writers that vote. Mm-hmm. And... There's another way they can get in, but it's by players that are already in the Hall of Fame that they have to vote him in. But a lot of those guys are the same stance as yours. That he kind of he took one of the, if not the most coveted stat in a baseball, the home run, yeah, statistics in a season, and he kind of just killed it. Like nobody's ever going to top that. Yeah, and I legally. I kind of get what you're saying because it's like you still got to hit the ball. Not only that, but it's like going to another player. I don't think Pete Rose should be banned for gambling, yeah, for his team to win. Like he wasn't gambling, he wasn't throwing. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and if, he's banned from baseball. And it's like if you're, and have you heard Pete Rose talk before? I get into my next, like just talk about baseball. Yeah, it's like mesmerizing. God, he's he knows something. Did you have you seen the the MLB Network video he has where he's talking about like his when he was in a hitting slump. Yeah. Uh, he would never change his swing. He would just change where he stood in the box. Uh-huh. Like, up in the box, back. It's just so, like... No, he... Yeah, it's... He was so ahead of his time. Yeah, it's crazy. But, like, if you're going to start voting guys in off a of character, it's like... Well, then you can't tell me, like, those other guys have that are in from the 20s and the 30s and when that racist... Like, the racism was at its peak in the United States can go in because those guys aren't like role models. Oh, we're getting political, huh? Uh, that's just, no, no, I'm that, just kidding. But yeah, you I'm know what I mean. No, yeah, if it's a character-based vote, then fuck off, really. Yeah, then it's... Yeah. Nobody's going to get in. These are professional athletes. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't be your role models. There's definitely athletes out there that are great role models for kids, but... But there's also athletes out there who fucking suck yeah. off the field. Yeah, yeah no, but the, sure. on the field, they're the... You know? Yeah. I mean, look at Antonio Brown. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't look at his argue numbers. He's, he's not a Hall of Fame, you know. But he sucks. Yeah, off the field, he's terrible. Yeah, definitely not a guy you want your kid looking up to. Yeah, and it's like, does the NFL want that in the Hall of Fame to, as their definition of what their Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's a touchy subject on on both ends of the spectrum. So yeah, I get it though. I do. Well. You want me to get into the little little addiction that we have segment with the prop bet of the week? Yeah, do you have yours? So I'm going to have to find mine real quick. I had mine last night, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, no, I do have it. It's actually a really shitty and weak prop bet, but very confident it's going to hit. I need to cut that out. That was gross. I don't know. It's, it's Oh, you know what? What? I don't mind. Do you? Yeah. 
Alright, let's see what we got. You want me to go? Yeah, you can go, because I need to find the odds for this. There we go. Mine's going to be a Cooper Cup anytime touchdown. Minus 125, 10 bucks would win you... 925, something like that. Nine, something like that. Nine Here, let me just eight seventy five. Plug it in. Eight bucks. So a hundred will win you eighty. Hundred twenty five wins you a hundred. Cooper Cup touchdown. That's my prop bet of the week. Prop bet. Uh, it's not necessarily a prop bet, but a futures bet. Oh. It's something you guys could jump on whenever this. I have Whenever it goes out there. I think I know what you're going to say. Whenever it goes out there. Um, Can I cut you off and guess yours? Yeah. Is it Broncos to make the playoffs next no, year? No. Oh, it, those odds aren't even out. I've looked. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're out until the Super Bowl's over. Okay. That makes sense. So this one will be Nikola Jokic plus 390 to win his second and MVP. I like it. Yeah, I really like it. The guys that are ahead of him right now are just... Giannis and Joel. No more Steph. Well, Steph's in a, in a big slump. Steph's right in a now. big slump. And when I looked, was it last week, maybe a week before, Jokic was sitting at plus 1,400 odds. Damn. As I look right now, as we're recording this, he is sitting at plus 390 odds. What are the two guys in front of him at? Holy plus shit. Plus 330 and plus 240. It is not. It's pretty close. It's a super close, close race. You know? If you're looking for a futures bet, yeah, the impact he has on the team, I think if you take Jokic out off the Nuggets, it's they're not a middle of the pack team. Right. They're probably not even a playoff team if we're being honest. No, I don't think so. So, yeah, if you want to go there, it's my futures bet. All right. Plus three ninety, like Nikola Jokic. Your twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two regular season NBA MVP. I like it. I agree with you. Yeah, his tear has been amazing. I think it's a little more impressive than Joel too. Yeah, leading. The Not sure why Joel's getting so much love from the media, it's but Philly. Yeah. Jokic is leading the league in double doubles, triple doubles. You know, player efficiency rating. Your mom's doubles. <laughs> you know, it probably has the highest kill streak right now in Call of Duty. Cause, uh, something like that. Something know, light. Who knows what he plays? I'll be dropping oh, a good man. 50 bomb on you. Love it. Good show. Yeah, great show. Fun. Good to be back in the studio. Yeah, great to be back. Let's go watch some football. Yeah. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening. Oh, by the way, we are not professional gamblers. You gamble at your own risk. You will lose. Any bet that we put out is just something that we would like to place money on ourselves, knowing the full risk that we will lose. We are not professional gamblers. Do not take our opinion as professional gamblers. Nothing that we give out is a guaranteed bet, and you gamble at your own risk, and you will lose. Thank you. Yeah, good show, though. Yeah, great show. See you next week, probably Friday. Have a Haley. quick little recap, and then an all-star preview or something. Talk yeah. about our favorite all-star, like uh, festivities or something like that. Haley don't have class, so we could even get it in Thursday. I don't think she Oh, we're going to get it in Thursday? Yeah. She finally finished her class. You said we're going to get it in. All right. Maybe it won't be that type of recording. <laughs> uh, all yeah. right, y'all. If you made it this far, thanks for listening. Once again, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, All Pro Dads. Follow the Twitch, 
twitch.tv slash allprodads. I'm still working on getting us on Apple Music, hopefully sooner than later. I'm Damien. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dame underscore APD. Kicking you guys out with my co-host. Tony, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TV3 underscore APD. Also give our Instagram a follow at allprodads. Correct. All right. That show is just as good as an OT winner from Kale McCarr. So we're sending y'all off and we're walking it off. McCarr, he scores! Oh, hell, Kale! He's done it again in overtime! And you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here because this party is... Over.